0: Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about Germany. I'm Nick Houghton of 40%German.com and as always, I'm joined by co-host Dilly Algema to discuss the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. Hey Dilly, how are you doing?
1: Hi Nick, I'm very good, thank you. How are you?
0: Well, I'm a bit a bit annoyed actually, a bit annoyed with you Dilly, of all people. Because uh, today today is Newcastle United's first home Champions League match for 20 <gasps> bloody years. And what am I doing Sitting here talking to you, are Oh no. because <laughs> oh, you changed the Nick. day of the record. I can't do can't do Tuesday. I've got to do Wednesday. And yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. so
1: sorry. I hadn't it it Feel is bad, my fault. Danny. I should take the blame. How can how can I make it up to you, Nick?
0: I don't know. I don't think you ever can. I think this is a black hole a black mark on our relationship.
1: <laughs> <laughs> would you like more airtime? Would you like to uh, would you like think... today your voice to be heard more, Nick?
0: I mean, could it be heard anymore? I was flicking through the podcast uh, <laughs> to do the, the notes for the show yes, last week and I was just like, click, that's me, click, that's me, click, that's I was like skipping 10 minutes ahead. And I was like, it's only me. It's only me that talks. A listener knows that. You must enjoy it because you're listening And your father now,
1: knows that.
0: Yeah, everyone bloody knows it. I think it's just the, uh, the power of uh, a talkative white bloke, I guess. Um, uh-huh. It's my job. It's my job to just talk at people. It's my hobby to talk at people. yeah what are you gonna do you like it
1: anyway Nick you know I will take the blame if I have if while you are missing your sports event you're also eating fruit are you eating
0: fruit god I'm not talking about fruit again (laughs) 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 week week 18 do we eat some fruit yeah you sound like my mother Um, (laughs) 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 yes yes I have I had today I had two apples and a banana are you happy you're happy okay conventional fruit though oh god everyone's just like oh it's not really fruit and i'm like well it isn't chocolate is it so i mean what are you gonna do i mean i feel better for it hydration's the key and i've learned that it's all part of my um what's the what did i call it last week operation hurting bombs i think that's what i called it last week operation my opera- to, Bombs. To, to, yeah yeah to get fit because i didn't want to be it's, as i said i think towards the end of the show last week
1: yeah yeah you did
0: I, i'm i'm so sick of of just being big and weighing myself weighing yourself is such a terrible thing to do
1: why would you do that to yourself
0: i don't know i've like i'll uh, like you weigh yourself and then you just get depressed so i stopped doing it but every time i like every couple of months i'll weigh myself and it's never a good side
1: it's just quantitative data that gets in the way
0: it's not even quantitative data. It's not even good data. It's just like this is how much mass you have, and I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to get as big as humanly possible and lift loads of weight. So I've been doing that for a week. Uh, my shoulders mm-hmm. hurt. <laughs> it's the is that why you're not
1: moving around too much?
0: No, I'm sorry, like, really, I can't move my neck. It's just <laughs> just all upper body movement.
1: <laughs> Nick is looking very stiff behind his uh, mic.
0: oh actually, I love that <laughs> feeling. Do you know what? I'm a masochist for sure because I love. I did it on Saturday. I was was bench pressing. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, you needed to say that. I haven't felt like that weird, uncomfortable muscle pain that tells you you've been working out in such a long time. I said to my wife, it's like like having an old friend come back over. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, I really, I love it. I do love it. So, yeah, I am feeling fair. I have eaten more fruit and I've drank a lot of water. So I should be ready for whatever comes at me, as long as you don't mind Dilly, me cheering anytime I look at the Newcastle result or crying anytime I look at the Newcastle result.
1: So you're not missing it?
0: I've got the Guardian live feed open, so I can see what's happening, but I can't see the actual goals. Okay. Yeah. Should be excited. It's Qatar versus Saudi Arabia, as someone told me the other day, because Qatar Uh owns Paris Saint-Germain and Saudi Arabia owns uh, Newcastle United. So... I'm not really supporting either of them.
1: <laughs> can I can I cheer you up, Nick, with a little bit of uh, festivity?
0: Oh, go on, cheer me up. Why not?
1: So, first, I have to cheer you down, though. You know how <laughs> you know how people are selling Christmas stuff in the supermarkets, like stolen uh-huh. Christmas cookies, and they've been doing this since the end of September.
0: Uh huh.
1: So this this is a cheering down part. It's not Christmas yet. And it won't uh-huh. be for another a good few months, uh-huh. and I don't like this early Christmas cheer because my birthday is in November. And when I moved to Germany, I realized that it's always on a dark, cold, wet day. Yeah, and I can't see beyond my birthday uh, until I've celebrated it. Mm-hmm. And but the nice thing is Halloween is around the corner. I I, d- I want to ask you about your Halloween plans. I want to ask how you're taking part in it. Uh, what are you going to wear? What will you give out to the kids in the
0: neighborhood? Um, it's a good question. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really have any plans. We'll probably make a jack-o'-lantern because that's what we did last year, and that was quite fun. So that's probably mm-hmm. somewhere on the horizon. All the shops have started selling giant pumpkins.
1: Giant pumpkins. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. A lot of Kerber's knocking around. So there'll be plenty of mm-hmm. options. It depends if the kindergarten does it. I'm not entirely sure because my daughter's come back from the kindergarten the, the last week and she recited the entirety of the Lord's prayer in German, which weirdly I totally knew because, <laughs> I, um, like it's the rhythm of the Lord's prayer is the same in German as it is in English. And I was like, I remember being taught that in yeah. nursery because yeah. it's a Catholic kindergarten and there's lots of crucifixes oh. everywhere. And she keeps talking about the Heiliger Geist. <laughs> like, so I'm like you're yeah, raising whatever. a
1: Catholic kid.
0: Yeah, I mean she's not. We she's not baptized. I'm not even sure if we told them that. I think they just assumed. Uh, but I mean, I don't. I don't necessarily. It don't. This doesn't necessarily upset me particularly because it's easily debunked in our household. But I don't know. I'm, I mean, I, I don't know if they do Halloween. They might not. They might think it's some terrible pagan festivity. So maybe I'll dress her up as a witch. You could. <laughs> She's terrified of witches though. She's terrified of witches. Really? So maybe that'll be an all, yeah. It's just like, it's it's really interesting seeing how like the, your fears manifest. So we went to the uh, Mirchenwald, which is like, a, I think I talked to Simon about this a couple of years ago, where it's in near Fussen, and it's uh, a, like a low rent kind of play park theme park and all around mm-hmm. they've got these little like stands with Grimm's fairy tales mm-hmm. and the one that my daughter was sort of attracted to or that captured her imagination the most was hansel and gretel and the witch mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. and she the questions you had were like why did the witch want hansel and gretel to come in her house mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh why like what, what what was wrong with the witch why was the witch mm-hmm. nasty uh, and then we got my mother came over with a collection of Grimm's fairy tales and that had Rapunzel in it. Rapunzel mm. the Rapunzel story's fucking horrific. Like it's really it's even in the, the Ladybird books, it's terrible. And the witch is really nasty. Mm. And um mm. and so that was a question. And then I said something about because in the end of Hansel and Gretel, they push the witch into the oven, don't they?
1: They do. But apparently
0: yeah. that bit of information hadn't been Told to my daughter, so I've revealed (laughs) spoiler alert. (laughs) The witch carks it. And so the question then was like, Why why did they why did they burn the witch? And then just tonight I came downstairs, it's so sweet. She went, I'm scary, which means I'm scared. I'm scary. And I was like, Why are you scared, darling? She goes, I'm so scared of the witches. so maybe witches might be off the menu but i also want to get her to understand that the whole idea of witches is a pure patriarchal catholic bullshit thing that they created to sort of demonize old women in the village who weren't spinsters and so and so forth and the
1: left-handers
0: yeah and the left-handers all of that but I, i mean at three years old it's probably a bit too early to be indoctrinating her in the understanding of how how the world works so, um, yeah. yeah, maybe not a witch.
1: Is she left-handed?
0: Uh, no, but my, my wife is, ah. which is why she's pure evil. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm left-handed.
0: <laughs> Fucking knew it.
1: Do you want to revise that?
0: No, no, it explains, explains why I'm not watching Newcastle United, doesn't it? it does explain that very clearly. It's still only nil-nil, Dilly, so you're fine. It's only been 12 minutes in. Um,
1: He's multitasking, Simon. Don't you have a great whip for these sort of things?
0: You can't, you, you can't do that to the, the founder of Decades From Home. You you can't rebel against me. It's a dictatorship, goddammit, not a <laughs> democracy. Uh, <laughs>
1: you should take over Twitter.
0: Fucking hell. I don't have enough money and I don't have um, some longing to be some kind of demagogic bell end. So um, it's probably not what I want to do. Um, yeah, so we haven't really got any strict plans. We did get sweets and stuff. We put out a jack-o'-lantern... Last year, just in case, kids came trick or treating, but I don't really remember that they did. It's not a big thing. I just remember a lot of people complaining about it being, oh, the Americanization and American traditions. You know, it's a European tradition, you idiots. Where do you think the Americans (laughs) got their traditions? Sorry, Americans. There's a lot of American traditions, but a lot of them also came from Europe, just in case you weren't aware. And the German didn't tell you. (laughs)
1: Nick, what, what sort of chocolates and sweets would you recommend? I usually get like a mix of Mars, Snickers, and things, but I want to be a bit diverse in that area. And I will be in Frankfurt, where there are lots of children. Um that sounds creepy, but
0: is it? Yeah, it did sound really Hoping. creepy actually. And um and so I didn't want to comment, but now you've said it. A bit weird. Um There's lots of children in Frankfurt. Um <laughs> Yeah. Le- said the left hand left handed woman. I'm a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know. You can you can't go wrong with Ritter Sports, the little tiny ones, pretty solid. That is nice. Haribo. Yeah, you can never go wrong with Haribo.
1: Haribo is yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah Simon's celebrating Haribo because that's the only thing he knows about the city he lives in.
1: What about kids who can't have sweets? I usually have like apples and stuff for them, but then my flatmate once said that I'm a very boring person.
0: I mean, if you. If you don't like sweets and you're doing trick or treating, I mean that's a curiosity in itself. But I guess like dried apple slices or something like that, raisins, oh. that kind of stuff. Okay. I tell you what are good. Little do these really nice little OE biscuity type things. They're pretty sweet. Macfitty fakes. Something like that. It's it's something yeah. like that. Anything like that. I mean. G- I'll be honest, I'll be a bit bummed out if I was a kid and you gave me a packet of digestive biscuits. Oh, great. Cheers. <laughs> what was wrong with that house that gave me, gave me some McVitie's digestive biscuits? Um, I wouldn't
1: mind that. I like McVitie's.
0: Is it um, uh, Leibniz biscuits? I always get that wrong. Is it Leibniz? Leibniz. It's Leibniz, Leibniz. Isn't it? Leibniz. Yeah. It's the very, again.
1: It's a German brand of cookies or, or yeah. biscuits.
0: They would do, obviously not the ones with the chocolate on them. Um, Why not? Well, if you don't like chocolate, you said you didn't oh, want yeah, biscuits true. No, like biscuits. No, I, I meant sugar,
1: sweets. Like there are kids who can't have sweets. So I usually have like something that's like a fruit or something.
0: I know, but again, like are you going to give them some grapes or something?
1: I can give them each a persimmon.
0: A persimmon? <laughs> it's going to be grim around your neck of the woods, isn't it? Oh, what did you get? Oh, I got Snickers. What did you get? I got a persimmon. <laughs> in fact, do it. There's no better way of putting people off fruit is than getting getting it to gifted them to them. Give
1: Halloween. Exactly. Maybe me a land on Facebook, the weird lady who gives out fruit in Frankfurt.
0: I mean, I'm, I can't say that there's a definite chance, but there's a, a high chance that you might <laughs> know in the way the internet works. Oh, uh, and that would be one nil 2 Newcastle United. Uh, that would be Miguel Almaron, 17 minutes. Uh, the goal has not come up yet, but I didn't shout loudly because my children are asleep. But fucking get in, get in, get in. Um, yeah, anyway, so <laughs> um, this is where we find out that it's uh, going to be ruled offside or something like that. Um, listener, if you don't want to know what the Newcastle score is, turn off now because <laughs> <laughs> I will be commenting all the way through this podcast.
1: Yeah, and I'm the one who can't say the name of one fucking fruit here.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, dictatorship. Um, so Dilly, I did something, I sent you a photo on Saturday because I was so excited by what I was doing and I knew you would appreciate it at a at a um, uh, at some level. So I was back in Nuremberg for um, Saturday evening, see some people, drink some beer, have a good time, uh, see former co-host uh, Simon. And uh, we went out for dinner. And uh-huh. we went to I, what, I, yeah, I think I'm probably going to say it's the best restaurant in Nuremberg. Best restaurant in Nuremberg is a place called Mount Lavinia. Mount Lavinia is
1: Mount Lavinia I, I think, is a town in Sri Lanka. It's where my brother went to school.
0: It's no surprise it's a town in uh, in Sri Lanka because it serves Sri Lankan food, the best Sri Lankan food I think I've ever eaten in my entire life. Um, oh
1: Nick, it's it is so good, good right?
0: It's Tell so me good. about it's,
1: it, tell me. Uh, what did you have?
0: Uh, well, I had uh, lamb hip curry. That's what I went for lamb and it hip? was, uh, yeah. I mean, that's what it was called, but it's like, yeah, the, the meat from the hip of a lamb, I'm, uh, I'm assuming, and, okay. uh, just a very literal name. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think they do the official names because it would be too confusing for pretty much everybody involved. Um, they do mm-hmm. English and German, but it's all just very specific.
1: Mm-hmm. Lamb, um, cur- lamb curry sounds nice.
0: I got the samosas to start with and some papadoms, which are Ooh, uh, this papadoms. is the thing. You always know you've got a good Indian slash Sri Lankan restaurant that when you order the papadoms, they're like fresh. Because I've been to a fair few where you've ordered them and they, they feel like stale or horrible. Everything's just oh, so no. fresh. Everything's so really? well cooked. It's oh, that's so, the easiest
1: thing to make.
0: Yeah, And the best, but the, everything was just like that. Everything was really high quality, but the best thing Mm. about it is they have at the beginning, like a list of spices, like Mm. the sort of list of how spicy you want it. it goes from one to five and I got Mm. a, did I get a three or a four? I think I got a four and it was just, it was perfect. It was just on point, but this is the, the, the food's amazing. The it sort of decor amazing. The restaurant owners, like, like almost like a family friend at this point. Like we all walked Aww. in the group, big group was about nine of us. He shook all our hands and he welcomed us. And it was just like really nice to see him again. Yeah. And then we just proceeded to eat and drink till our hearts content. And it was, it is just it, every everything. Like everyone was like passing bowls round. Cause it was just like, mm. have you tried this? Have you tried this? This is amazing. Try that, try this. And everyone got something different. The thing that really impressed me though is mine was effectively green, and we we're asking him like, "How do you, how do you get it to look like that?" And he said, oh, "I had spinach," and then one of the hmm. guys like sort of went, "Well, I try to make it, and like it's never looked like that." And he's like, "Yeah, it's because we're good at what we do." <laughs> it was just yeah. like, yeah, tremendous, tremendous. So, so if you're in Nuremberg, go to Mount Lavinia.
1: What did you have? Did you have palak paneer?
0: Um, spinach with cottage cheese. No, no, it was just it was just spinach that was in the sauce. So I don't know what the mm. source was because they don't give you the uh, the actual name. They just we give say you... gravy
1: in Sri Lanka.
0: Yeah, yeah. So gravy was the word that used. Yeah, that's all right. I remember yeah, that. from yeah. The, yeah. Because
1: uh, because I know that yeah. gravy for you in British English is uh, is like juices left over after baking meat or roasting meat. And for us, if you make a curry and there is liquid in yeah. it, we call it gravy.
0: But like gravy and bread, and mm. sim- something similar. You take the juices of the meat and, v- and the vegetables you've roasted and you roast and tin with whatever meat you've chosen to, to make and you mm. sort of mix that all together oh. and it becomes the sauce. But this is just, it, it's impeccable and the quality of the, it's, it's one of those places I always like going for Indian food and, and Sri Lankan food because it's one of the few places you'll get lamb. And the lamb was just, yeah. it was just off the, off the chain really, and, and, huh? and it was so, it was, it was so good. I woke up on saturday to a text message from former co-host simon and he's just said mm. like ah oh, i can't stop thinking about dinner <laughs> it's oh. like it's such a good dinner <laughs> and i was having breakfast at the time and i was like you know what mate i could have that again i could just go and have that for breakfast there would no no problem at all
1: i um, mean when i'm in sri lanka my mother makes breakfast and lunch usually together i do end up eating rice and curry also for breakfast because it's just so good why would i want to eat anything else
0: it's one of those things where you want, I just wish there was more places like that. I just wish there was more places dotted around that, that did that. You forget how sort of anemic the range of, of restaurants are in this part of Bavaria, at least, mm. compared to a place like Nuremberg. Nuremberg does feel like a much bigger city. It feels like a much more cosmopolitan city. Mm. Um, and as I walk to the restaurant, I walk past a lot of Thai restaurants and Vietnamese restaurants and, um. Yeah. Just makes you think a lot about like kind of why whenever you hear politicians talk about migration, you're like, just fucking shut up. It's <laughs> like it's a good thing. Here's a good example of it. He's an ex- perfect example of why it's good. Cause it makes all your bland food taste nice.
1: <laughs> See what we did with your lamb, white people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Look what we did with your lamb, you weirdos. Um, so it was just, yeah, it's it was it was really nice. And um, it was a nice nice weekend. As I said to you, like it gave me, uh, before we recorded, I was saying, it was bemoaning the state of social media in general. And I basically took a weekend off of Twitter. I posted once or twice. And it just felt like so much better. I felt like my mind wasn't melting. And it just was like a nice, relaxing weekend. And it, it's sort of cool when you can do that. You can just hop on a train and bang, you're in a different spot. Even the trains worked. I was mega surprised. <laughs> um, like there's nothing, nothing fucked up. There was no like delays. There was no, there was a change of platform and that was it. And as I say, like, yeah, this is really nice. Loads of Americans though. I know there's a military base near Nuremberg, but there was just, mm-hmm. it, it's. I, I mean, God, God, I, I love them. I love Americans and I, I do enjoy America in a lot of, a lot of ways. Not politics necessarily, but certainly it's culture. And it's it was a marvel to me that when that you can spot Americans you just spot them. Like even today in this sort of homogenized European culture that we live in, where like a lot of it is just the kind of extension of kind of American culture in a lot of ways, that mm. Americans still stand, stand out. <laughs> Same as British people. But I feel British people can stand... I always can spot British people from a distance. They always got a look on their faces, like a gormless middle-class look. But Americans just... <laughs> I th- I think it's the way Americans dress. do like baseball caps, backwards baseball caps. Really? Yeah. Like one of them was wearing one of those f- leather flight jackets like World War II flight jackets. And I was like, that's definitely an American. And then I walked up behind them and they were American. And I was like, that's quite funny. And there was another one that had like a backwards baseball cap. And I was like, but that's a, that guy's ah, American. That's, that's,
1: yeah, and he was yeah.
0: American. There's just like a sort of, I don't know, I don't know why it's the way they carry themselves, but I always find it hilarious that I can sort of spot them at a the distance.
1: I don't have a way of spotting Sri Lankans though, to tell you the truth, unless they're speaking in Sinhala. And recently I heard a conversation in the Sri Lankan shop in Frankfurt. It was in Singhala, and, I, and for the first time, I wished that I wasn't, I, I wish I couldn't understand Singhala.
0: Oh, was it one of those conversations?
1: It was one of those conversations. Um, the woman was talking in Singhala to the person at the counter, and she presumed him uh, to be Tamil, uh, someone who wouldn't speak, a, a Tamil person who wouldn't speak Singhala. And so she asked for something in Singhala and then was very surprised when he understood. And I was thinking, I mean, if you thought he wouldn't understand why on earth would you speak in Singhala in the first place, right? So I was wearing a mask so you could only see my eyes go big. (laughs) And then she tells her husband, oh, look, he understands Singhala. Like he would, like the man at the counter wouldn't hear that. And she goes, so are you from Jaffna? And he goes, yes he's from Jaffna, did you hear that? <laughs> and, then, and then she asks him his name and he says his name and she goes, that's a singular name. I'm like, oh shit, stop this, stop this.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh God. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to know that ignorance comes in many flavors, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I wish they had like a sign with like a baseball cap turned backwards or sideways or something and I could
0: steal well away. Oh no, the, the Americans I, I sort of heard were, perfectly, perfectly lovely. One of them was mm. talking about getting a Starbucks, which again made me laugh. And then there was <laughs> the one, um, they were, they were discussing about how best to order what stuff at the bakery and stand in the queue behind us. And they're trying to work out the names of the food. So I gave them some tips, um, uh, mm. which we were very appreciative of. And then, uh, and then that went on my merry way, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I do find it funny. I just, again, it was such a busy, the Hauptbahnhof was so busy and I could just see them from a distance. I was like, I know what country you guys are from. Um, yeah, I guess it helps as well, since most of them in the military, they're all massive. It's like these giant, giant men striding through the, through the <laughs> oh, Hauptbahnhof. Oh God, yes, this yeah. is
1: true. They look like they've worked out for very particular professional reasons.
0: Yeah, I mean, and if you're going to work out for anything, then, then do it because you're in the military. It might come in useful. If you're a lecturer, it's probably not so useful. But, <laughs> um, but I've had a, had a fucking hell on this week trying to find stuff to talk about on the podcast. I don't know what it is about German news. It's either it's like full gas or it's like there's nothing. Like The, the news in the last two days has been all about the US. It's been all about the US. Everything I've heard is about. Even yeah. it's been so little news they've even been discussing the Tory Party conference in Britain. And you know, yes. there's a now <laughs> you know there's yeah. some pretty wild shit coming out of that conference. If you've not um, heard about yes, it, God, uh, yes. listeners, I'm not going to go into too, too much detail. But um, about ten of the craziest speeches I've ever seen by any politician in British history were given at that conference. It was Swella Breverman who talked about a tornado mm-hmm. of uh, immigration. I don't know what a tornado of immigration looks like. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's the greatest imagery you could have used, but I guess she's she's overused this kind of the waves. So
1: did you hear that? I, th- I think it was uh, Swilla Breverman. That's her name, right? Mm. Swilla Breverman. I think it was she who said that woke people are the the rich people that have jets and and can afford to say <laughs> <I'm> like. <laughs> Where's my jet?
0: Like, honestly, it's so batshit. It I, I, feel, I felt like I had a head injury or something, just listening to it. Because um, this, uh, this is This is from the Best for Britain Twitter account, at Best for Britain. In the maddest section of what's been a pretty unhinged speech, Breverman claims that human rights and international treaties are luxury beliefs, that's a quote, mm. that only the very rich with nannies, gardeners, and second homes in France can afford. Uh, all of them who uh, support the <laughs> Labour Party. <laughs> And you're like, you're like you like, you do understand who you're speaking to. Like the richest people donate a, a massive amounts of money to the Tory party. The, the people who were in the Tory party are usually those people who were very rich, have nannies, gardeners, and second homes in France. It's like, it's almost deranged, but you're in a situation where they're trying to sort of pretend. They've basically been shitting on the last 13 years as if they weren't the government. It's insane. I don't see. So I can understand why the German media would get kind of, uh, or take an interest in and the, the f- insanity of that. But it, it just, it's weird. It's, it does feel like it's farm and old feast sometimes in the German news. You get kind of uh, loads of stuff. Like this was the, actually Robert Harbeck came out and said something quite similar. Do you know the heating law that we've been fucking talking yeah, about yeah, yeah, for months? Yeah. It, it passed the other week. Like it passed the Bundestag. Mm-hmm. It's done. It's like going to be a law. No mm-hmm. one's talking about it because they're all talking about immigration now. And he was just like saying, how is it that for months and months, this was the only topic and now it's passed, no one seems to fucking care. And it shows you how vacuous politics seems to have gotten where it's like, this is an outrage, this is an outrage, doesn't actually prevent it from happening. There isn't, and it happens and then no one, it's going to be the same with cannabis. It's going to be the same with immigration law. They'll just be like, They're just going to pass it. It'll happen and no one, the media won't even say anything about it. It's insane. Totally wild. And so, um, that, that was, that's been sort of uh, bugging me a little bit. Uh, it's just seemed like it's a, it's a weird situation where I know I've learned more in German about the inner workings of the speaker of the, was it the Senate or the house of representatives? I forget. I obviously wasn't paying enough attention about it, like resigning or being voted out or something. And. It just feels like it's very weird that that seems to be the forefront of a lot of German news um, and and media this week um, when there's obviously other stuff happening. I don't know. Maybe they just need to take a break. (laughs) Let's take a break from our crazy politics. Talk about something else. So we're recording on wednesday the 4th of october tuesday the 3rd of october was actually a public holiday a fire tag in germany because it was tag der deutschen einheit a day of german unity where we celebrate the the wall coming down and the reunification of 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 germany and uh maybe this year of all years there isn't a vast amount to celebrate but before we talk about uh, the festivities that were held in hamburg this year I want to point out one thing that maybe people could celebrate is the fact that it extended Oktoberfest by an extra day <laughs> because you had this public <laughs> holiday and uh, that seems to have done Oktoberfest a real a real service because they've got uh, I think they said that 7 7.2 million people went to Oktoberfest which is the most in in 40 years and certainly a sign that whatever hangover of the pandemic is is kind of lifted um whether that will have a knock-on effect, given the, the rise in COVID uh, numbers, seems to be um, unnerving. um But yeah, that that seems to be it. There's a lot of stats came out of Oktoberfest as well. Do you want to hear some stats, Dilly? Give me some stats, Nick. I knew you would want some. You love stats about beer drinking. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, because of the public holiday, Oktoberfest lasted 18 days this year, which is two days longer than usual. You had. Uh, A 15% increase in food and drink, and non-alcoholic drinks performed noticeably better than last year, Dilly, Non-alcoholic drinks. Mm.
1: So we've sold more non-alcoholic drinks uh, this year, or compared to...
0: This year than ever before, yeah.
1: So this is interesting, Nick, because I've, Mm -hmm. I've been hearing that we are selling quite a few or a significant number of non-alcoholic drinks at the Oktoberfest. And I've been hearing this the past couple of years. And it's interesting that we've reached an all-time high this time. No?
0: Well, I think I think young people in general are less inclined to drink. I think the price, but also yeah. I think the, the kind of culture's shifting. Yeah. Uh, it was noticeable that there was a lot of arrests uh, made for um, people uh, smoking cannabis. There was fewer <laughs> fewer crimes, mm. uh, 40% fewer than last mm. year, but a third of the offenses were drug violations and most of the cases, and this is from, uh, Byrish Arundfunk, and most of the cases involved cannabis. Mm. Uh, but cocaine was found in 40% of the cases. Uh, that's 383 mm-hmm. of the cases. Um, so, um, there is drug use. I, I kind of have a suspicion that this is why at least, Bavarian politics seems so stuck on the cannabis Mm. thing is this, if I was a brewer, I'd be a bit concerned about the legalization of cannabis Mm. because it is a direct competitor Mm. and I think a lot of young people prefer to smoke weed than to drink beer, uh, due to it's more positive kind of impact. That doesn't mean you can't brew cannabis based drinks, which are quite a boon in America, I think, um, so there is, there is, there is mm. that. So um, there is those statistics to to enjoy. Funnily enough, this may be explained why I saw so many Americans in mm. Nuremberg. The majority of guests came from, from um, around Munich, but many also came from France, Italy, and the USA. Ah. So that might be it. Uh, that might explain it.
1: You know, I was just thinking about it. So don't you think that it's also more culturally appropriate to not be drinking alcohol now? I mean, people are getting used to the idea, I mean, social drinking and peer pressure. And we are moving away from that a little bit, aren't we? We're making it okay for people to have preferences. Uh, People needn't drink if they don't want to. We don't pressure people into doing things they don't want to do. I mean, we are woke, though many don't want to be. I think that's also one of the reasons. Am am I woke? Uh, Just guessing.
0: (laughs) No, I I think that's it. I think there's less... For young people, especially, but even like when mm. we were out at the weekend, one of the one of our our, our group has has stopped drinking, mm. and no one gave them crap for it, and That's I thought that nice. was really positive. And That's a
1: progressive group you're a part of.
0: Uh, well, I mean, we're all right. We have our moments, but when they decided they wanted to leave, and I said, "Oh, like how come you go?" And like, "Oh, well, you going into a pub, and I don't really want to have a drink, and I don't really drink, so I'm." don't want to go to the pub and I was like oh man like fair play like do you want to go somewhere else and he's like nah like don't worry about it I thought that was really positive so that's a good sign but I just think overall I mean it is uh, more than anything I think it's the price the price of alcohol at the Oktoberfest especially
1: where Mm. I think a mass
0: an average had gone up from 12 euros something to 14 euros something um a lot of people just don't want to pay it you know so yeah the people in Munich were celebrating an extra day of, or two days of Oktoberfest. Did you celebrate mm. in any way, shape or form the uh, Tag der Deutschen Einheit?
1: I, I don't have fancy tales of going out and celebrating things. I, I'm, I'm a homebody. I don't even know what I'm doing on a podcast, Nick.
0: Do you know what I, I did? <laughs> I sat and played Starfield for about six hours. So don't worry about it. I just played video games.
1: I had a nice day at home with my boyfriend, which we don't have. Not that we don't have nice days when we are together, but since we live in two different cities, we don't spend much time together. So Yeah, yeah that
0: makes sense. I think a lot of people don't celebrate in any meaningful way. There was some stuff in the village that was sort of on the weekend, but not really kind of labeled as German Unity Day celebrations, but there was a big celebration in Hamburg this year because it changes uh, regularly, mm. changes between different cities, uh, and Hamburg had the honour of hosting the uh, Tag der Deutschen Einheit celebrations, mm. and they went with the slogan uh, "Horizonte offenen which is like horizons open, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and like yeah, it seems very nice about. 1,300 guests were invited to the, the Elbe Philharmonia um, uh, concert hall for a ceremony hosted by the mayor, uh, Peter Chenster, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. And they had a guest speaker who was the president of the Federal Constitutional Court, Stefan Harbard. And mm-hmm. um, that's usually the case that they have as someone who is a representative of a constitutional body. They turn up and give a speech. A couple of years ago, it was mm-hmm. Angela Merkel's turn. Uh, And he he said, democracy only survives in the long term if we all keep talking to each other and nobody can get by without compromises.
1: Oh no, okay. Is this going where I think it's going, Nick?
0: Well, I'll fill in the rest of the information and you tell me. So he said the basic law that that was created 75 years ago, this is the Grundgesetz, the German constitution, is a beacon of freedom and democracy. But even the best constitution is only as good as what people make of it. And he urged people to remain capable and willing to discuss things. We are not a divided country today, but we have moved apart, said the lawyer. And he spoke of a climate change within our society. So, yeah, it all seems a little bit, um, yeah.
1: It's a little too inviting to the wrong people. It's like you set the stage for the wrong people. You know, let's discuss things. Let's hold our hands. Everyone belongs here at the table. Everyone doesn't. You know what's something that made me proud if this is going where I think it's going, I think people need to hear this. On Twitter, somehow uh, someone had posted a lovely video of uh, two young men playing guitar and singing a song about the IFD opposite the IFD stand at a city center. And me being the Giesen girl, I knew immediately that this is the IFD stand in the city center in Gieson between the Teka X. And uh, the Daishman, the shoe shop, mm-hmm. and I was so proud of these two young boys who were just quoting the IFJ back at them.
0: Oh yeah, it was a great video. Yeah,
1: and and then all the people who, the audience, and then the IFJ was literally like taking their stand apart, and they just uh, closed shop. And uh, do we have the space to? Say, you know, everyone is welcome at this table. Let's just talk. This is a democracy. I mean, it, it's, it's, ah, uh, why would he say that? Well,
0: here's the thing, right? If the Constitutional Court has already said, I think in 2019, that it mm. is perfectly legitimate to call the Turingian AFD caucus leader, I guess you'd call him, Björn Hooker, a fascist, right? Mm. Based on just what he said. He's Mm. a fascist. And it's okay to say that it's legal. You can't can't be sued for it, right? Which begs the question, if you're willing to break bread with fascists and you're willing to have fascists in your party, what does that say about your party? And I'm not sure if it's Umberto Eco who said it, but I think there is an argument that you certainly can't, you can't debate with fascists because you you just platform them and they don't tell Mm. the truth. I think that's ultimately Mm. the, the, the truth of this scenario. But I don't think this is what he was saying. I think mm. he was referring more to the traditional parties working together and the mm. fact that you have people, we got the, the election for the Bavarian elections on on Sunday, mm. um, they had the debate for the Bavarian election yesterday or Monday. There was the only debate they're going to have on TV. And it was between the leader of the Greens in, in Bavaria and Marcus Söder. And, and, and when asked, would you form a coalition with each other? The Green Party member was like, kind of, he didn't, he certainly didn't rule it out it was just like, oh, well, it's difficult with the way they mm. communicate about us, but like, we wouldn't rule anything out essentially. And Mark Suda said, no, we would never, we'll never form a coalition with mm. the Greens. And you're like, well, now you, then you're just saying, we're going to form a coalition with the right wingers. And I think mm. that's what they're saying is like, can we just actually get our heads together and stop emboldening these, these people, I can't believe he was saying, well, let's sit down with the RFD and see if we can be friends. I can't believe that for a second. Um mm. I don't want to interrupt too much, but I feel like I'm going to explode if I don't say this. It is now 2-0 to Newcastle United. Not only is it 2-0, Dan Byrne, Geordie born and bred, one of my favorite footballers. He's a giant of a man, scored the fucking goal. I am quietly backflipping in my head. So <laughs> sorry to connect um the Enjoy rise, it there. rise of. The Rise of the RFD, Deutsche Einheit and Newcastle United in one sentence, listener. I'm, I know that's kind of audio uh, graffiti almost, but um, yeah, that's where it is. That's where my mind is. So if I sound happier through this segment, you'll understand why. <laughs> um, so yeah, celebrations weren't just restricted to speeches though. Hamburg had 300,000 estimated visitors over the uh, the Monday and Tuesday in the center of Hamburg where they had a citizens festival that was focused on the, uh, the spectacular town hall they have in Hamburg, beautiful town hall. And it's the, is it the Bienenalster? I think it's called the, the sort of river area. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember, I, I may have mispronounced that hamburgers. So do tell me, I'm sure you'll let me know. Uh, there was also a night of unity with live music, dance performances, exhibitions, and and and, and so on, and so forth across the city, uh, late into Monday night. So, um, yeah. I didn't see any celebrations here. I don't think there was anything in Augsburg, particularly. It doesn't seem to be anything in Nuremberg. You're telling mm-hmm. me there wasn't much going on in Frankfurt either.
1: I mean, not that I was aware of. Uh, you know me. I'm. Hmm. Uh, I, I, <laughs> Were well, you looking
0: at a persimmon?
1: <laughs> I was actually. Because you can buy them just at Raver. Guess where? Never mind. I'm going to be talking about food and you don't want to hear it. You
0: just want to hear football. Yeah, I don't want to hear about your persimmon purchases. I don't care.
1: <laughs> I did find Boscop. I found Boscop at <gasps> Raver. I don't even know
0: what that is. And I'm scared to ask at this point. So, um.
1: <laughs> Boscop is a very sour kind of apple. It's sour sweet de- and it's so
0: good. Don't de- don't derail us with fucking fancy apples. You ju- um, I know
1: I, I was gonna say that Nick, because you have been derailing this entire podcast today with your little highlights. And I was gonna say, you know, the next time you accuse me of derailing, I'm gonna cite believe, this entire podcast to you.
0: I, I can't believe I can't believe Consider you'd needs ta-
1: to. You I, I can't believe you'd
0: attack my culture like that, Dilly. I can't believe you would go after <laughs> after my culture, you know? It's really sad to see it, if I'm honest, Tilly, really sad to see. Am I not living? you live
1: <laughs> your immigrant life here?
0: <laughs> yeah, how dare you? Um, I really need to acclimatize. What is acclimatise? Integrate. No, integrate, it's called it. fu-
1: Fully Adapt.
0: Fully Adapt, right. Fully Adapt. Fully adapt.
1: adapt um, I've got to
0: do that. Yeah, I, I'll try my best and forget all about the things that I love. Um, yeah, so it's surprising, though. There isn't that many uh, sort of... There isn't a celebratory mood around this day of unity, uh, given that it's a day of unity, there doesn't seem to be much celebration to be found. And I kind of understand why, given the stuff we've talked about with the rise of the far right and this kind of polarization and politics that we've been basically tracking since the start of the year, if not before this was brought up actually by president, um, Walter Steinmeier. And he talked about imbalances mm. when, when, when he was interviewed, mm. he talked about this idea that the East Germans have the feeling that they're not being heard and not seen and that their stories have not become part of a common German history. And there hasn't been really any interest in them from, from the West. And that was actually noticeable given that there was very few references to, to the East when it came to speeches. I think there was barely anyone from the East, dignitary-wise, invited to, to the, this event in the concert hall, the, the, the Philharmonic uh, concert hall. Uh, this, this major event that they're having the 1300 guests, I think if not one or two, then at least just a handful of people from the East, a lot of the imagery they were using didn't really cover it. And I think this is something that, that a lot of people pointed to, uh, Carsten Schneider, who is the current federal government commissioner for East Germany, did a few interviews, He's been, well, actually more than a few, I think he was the most interviewed politician over the last couple of days. And he, and he was asked if his, his role was even still needed. And as you could see how just annoyed he was by the stupid questions he was getting. And he's sort of pointing out that like your life expectancy in the East is lower, uh, employment, earnings, loads mm-hmm. of different education. Mm-hmm. There's loads of areas where the East isn't on par with the West. Yeah. And, and it does feel like the East is kind of ignored in these, in these yeah. discussions, yeah. which seems so, it seems so easy to solve, man. Like. But yeah. something that we've talked about with Katja Hoyer's new book, there was a lot of. I'm sure many of you listeners know about Katja Hoyer and, and and her recent uh, book she wrote about about mm-hmm. um, East Germany, or oh, her experiences in, in a lot of ways and the culture of, of of East Germany under um, communist rule. She got a sort of a lot of a, a lot of shit from the German media, especially because she wasn't painting this grey, depressing horrible version of the east where everything's concrete blocks mm. and everybody is like depressed and having a horrible time and and she dared to write about like the positives of it and how there mm. was a lot of cultural and in, uh, cultural and interesting aspects of her mm. of her upbringing that have maybe been lost to a certain extent or at least haven't been kind of brought into the fold as german shall we say in inverted commas and so, um, yeah, I think that's a bit of a shame too. It seems a bit odd that we'd ignore the East, right? It's just an odd thing. Like, can you think of any other country where they would have an event like that? And they just go, we're just going to forget these four states. I'm <laughs> just going to forget this part of the country.
1: I can think of another country where, where unification is in name and not really in the reality. I am looking at you in Sri Lankan, Nick.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Yes. It's not the same, but there's, there's parallels and it's this sort of scarification of of public memory and, and how we choose to remember things as well. And, and how for for like the idea that the reunification of Germany wasn't, an act to be necessarily wholesale celebrated or that the East Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily want to celebrate it in the same way, or Mm -hmm. that even the idea that the East of Germany may have a different perception of things seems to be sort of rejected in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways. Um, and I think that, that speaks to like, how we, how we deal with the past. I read somewhere, it was an interesting thing that I read, and I think this is again from Carsten Schneider, the, the, uh, the, gov- the government minister I mentioned before, and he said, when you ask East Germans, how things are going, they say really good, When mm. they ask how are things in East Germany or how is East Germany? They say really bad. Mm. And so like, like there's this perception that, that although there's a disconnect between maybe the reality and the feeling. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 or something like that. But also I think there's that, there is still that imbalance where, where there's stereotypes about East Germany. And, and again, I think the Katja Hoyer thing underlines that, should you dare to have a different opinion, then you'll be jumped yeah. on by what we term sort of traditional Western media or sort of w- traditional West German media. I think people forget it's only been 33 years. It's not a lot of time. That's a blink of an eye historically. It's
1: not a lot of time. That's that's uh, younger than I am.
0: Yeah, it's not enough time to be really um, to to have things to have been mended. This generational change, isn't it? Yeah. Um, no. But yeah, it's another sort of step forward, and hopefully things will be a little bit more optimistic when we reach this point again next year. Can't say I have a lot of optimism for that, but uh, mm. we'll see. <music> and finally. Listeners, applications for Euro 2024 tickets are now open. Yesterday, finally. And guess what? I have put in a goddamn application for a small fortune's worth of tickets. And um, very complicated process. I have put in my name, my address, told them I'd give them 700 euros. <laughs> oh, no. I
1: don't believe this. <laughs>
0: So I've applied for tickets to the four tickets for the opening game, four tickets for one of the group games, and four tickets for a semi-final. Those are the only games that are in Munich. Um, I did also check a box that said I'll take tickets from anywhere. So uh, you know my luck, I'll end up with a, uh, a ticket for somewhere in Cologne. Um, so Dilly, I know you wouldn't go to Oktoberfest with me, but how about the opening game of Euro twenty twenty four? Surely that's a different thing, right?
1: Is this football?
0: it is is football (laughs) (laughs) right listener we're just gonna pack up and leave now i'll see you later it's lovely speaking to you it was nice having this podcast once
1: (laughs) oh it's crowded
0: what about the toilets so you're telling you're in a stadium man it's gonna be well maintained like really, the to- it'll be the uh, it's going to be in the Allianz Arena. It's going to it's like one of the most modern stadiums stadiums in Germany. I'll be honest, I don't really know what the toilets are, but let's assume that they're pretty good. So yeah, would you come with us if I get tickets, like, This is this is this is it. You've got a promise now because I haven't even asked producer Simon because my assumption is yes, he will. So um, yeah, exactly. So he thumbs up from producer Simon. I knew i going to
1: the Euro twenty four.
0: If I if I get the tickets to the opening game, will you? Will you join me?
1: I will. I will have something to talk about on the podcast then when oh, it comes to do. sports. It'll be mega. Can you actually see anything?
0: I don't know. We don't know. I've chosen the cheapest tickets. So the Allianz <laughs> Arena's have got a pretty good viewpoint. I don't care, man. It'll be the opening. It'll be the first time I've ever seen a major European tournament.
1: Do you take your binoculars? Being...
0: No, you can see. It'll be fine. I mean, it depends how your eyesight is. I won't be able to see because I will be fucking hammered. <laughs>
1: that's the thing people are going to be drunk aren't they
0: don't worry you you we uh, of course i keep forgetting we have never we've never actually physically met before yeah you have you you have to appreciate that i'm six foot four don't worry and drunk and drunk but i'm i'm british drunk right so i'm pretty handy it's it's fine um you'll there'll be no problems this is very displaced
1: confidence i feel
0: Oh no, I'm, I'm. I'm. Usually things work out well. Don't worry. Uh, don't even. Well, let's not. Let's not put the cart before the horse. I haven't necessarily got tickets, but I may. Well, uh, get some.
1: But she's already decided he's going to be drunk.
0: Oh, pff, I, I mean, it's. I'll it be would... drunk just watching the football. That I will just be drunk watching football. It's the way it is. Um, <laughs> the, again, if you've, if you've been to a football, I don't know how it works at, at European tournaments, but I assume it's sort of similar to how how it be in most German football matches. There's usually a person just wandering around selling beer. Um, so you'll be able to find something I'm sure
1: I can't believe Um, I just agreed to go to a football match it should
0: well we've now got should we have
1: the tickets damn it I walked into there
0: yeah well I mean there's no guarantee I bet you I don't get anything or like I said I'll get them and it'll be in Hamburg or something now the mad thing about getting tickets for the tournament is the draw for the tournament hasn't even been made so I just chose random. I chose all the places in Munich that I could get tickets I don't even know I I might luck out and it's England versus Germany in the opening game in which case Fucking hell. Um, Or it might be an England game. Or it might just be, I don't know, sort of Macedonia versus uh, Belgium or something, uh, which I'd still go and see quite happily. But the the only thing we do know is that Germany will be playing the opener uh, since they're the hosts. And uh, UEFA promises a fair and transparent lottery in the event that there are more applications than the 1.2 million tickets available. Uh, That was written two days ago and uh, already 3.1 million people have applied for tickets and I am only one of those 3.1 million. Now, if I... Fingers if, crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed indeed. Um, yeah. Down and broken, as My left-hand left
1: witchcraft goes with you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Give me the witchy powers. Now, if I, you come to watch the football, it would seem churlish of me not to return the favour. So what can I offer you in return? Perhaps uh, you could invite me to something where... That, that you have an interest in. Um, I'm guessing it'll be fruit-based. Is there some kind of fruit tournament where bananas and apples <laughs> are compared to each other? Or, we could I don't have know. a
1: fruit tournament. No, it'll I'm be not the coming to some homemade be the of the bullshit. big German fruit tournament.
0: No, no. I, I think if, if you're going to invite me to something... I could different things out of be... different
1: fruit, like fruit
0: jellies if, if I'm getting a, you a 50 euro ticket for a football match, you can at least lavish me with something a bit better than a homemade fruit tournament. Well, we have to wear shoeboxes on our heads. I don't know where the shoeboxes came from, but that's my assumption. Is that'll be part of it, probably?
1: Shoeboxes on your head—that'll be a treat. And I know. Hey, you never know.
0: Uh, we might end up having to go uh, to, to to do that instead, since there's no guarantee that I'll actually get tickets. So, um, start collecting your uh, your fruit and your shoeboxes.
1: I I have always wanted to cook for you and producer Simon. I would love to make you lamb biryani, and. All the things that if you, I like.
0: You make a lamb biryani. We'll eat it outside the stadium.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I bring some. I bring my lamb biryani in three different containers and and utensils.
0: That'd be totally fine. The uh, mm-hmm. I would happily. I would eat it cold. I don't care. Um, it would. I, I know you'd be unhappy about that, but I, I would totally do that. And um, I mean, the, the opening game is in Munich. So if you did come, you'd have to come and stay at the house. The pair of you, so um that's an open invitation Aww. um so you could you could come early and cook dinner <laughs> and to
1: <laughs> I like how like one thing leads to another and 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 and, and another thing I, I like your organizational skills, Nick they are to be much envied.
0: i oh, know i've I've already planned f- far far ahead of of the reality of which i which I exist, so we'll see you never know
1: i i I would love that. Will you let me loose in your kitchen?
0: Uh, Oh, it's not me, you need to ask. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, probably. Uh, I'm sorry, Uh, honey. I just
1: invited someone to, you know, to take over the kitchen.
0: I haven't even told my wife, and I haven't even said, I guess you'd have to come with us, wouldn't you? Oh, God. I've got to get a babysitter. I mean imagine, imagine the divorce proceedings where I'm like, "Oh well, wh- why are you getting divorced Because uh, I invited my mates to, to go to the opening game of the, uh, of the European championships in Germany. I didn't invite my wife. <laughs> uh. <laughs>
1: That brings us to the end of the show. I'm off to work out how to get British drunk.
0: It's really easy. Um, Dilly, you just need to go... Oh, oh,
1: oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no.
0: <laughs> if you're enjoying the podcast, why not give us a rating on iTunes, which only takes a minute and can really help us. You can also rate us on Spotify, so chuck some stars our way there as well. Retweet us, share a link, or post with the hashtag DecadesFromHome or lowercase on Twitter. As ever, if you have any questions, feedback, or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover, you can tweet Dilly on, at Dillian and you can tweet me at 40 German. You can also get us on DecadesFromHome at gmail.com. If you have time, take a look at 40%German.com. Weekly articles up every Saturday. All it's have to say is thanks and bis zum nächsten Mal. Tschüss! Cheers.